Welcome to episode three of Happy Hour with the Burned Out Mom. This episode is called Diaper Material. Happy Hour with the Burned Out Mom is a stand-up style podcast with unnecessary commercials in between each joke. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you enjoy this episode. I am a huge fan of trashy reality TV show. I'm quite the addict. I have been for over a decade. Hi, I'm Morgan and I'm addicted to trashy reality TV shows. Um, I love The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Temptation Island, A Little Below Deck. I love Jersey Shore and every single spinoff that they came up with from Jersey Shore. And one of the reasons I think that I love all of these things is because it it's so easy and fun to just sit down for 30 minutes and watch a bunch of drunk 20-something-year-olds try to form connections and bonds and function as if they functioned previously in the real world. And you get these introductions. It's like, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm from San Francisco. I have two dogs and I'm looking for the love of my life. And you're like, okay, cool, Sarah. I get that. But at the same time, like, who are you really? Can you tell me the real stuff that goes on in your life? I want a real introduction from everyone on reality TV. I want for it to be Jersey Shore, but like take it up 10 notches from there. I want for people to come in and be like, hi, I'm Sarah. I have a GED. I have never had steady employment at all. I've never been employed more than 10 hours a week. And you know, I'm just, I'm fucking around out here. My parents are super Mormon. They've got a compound on the Arizona Utah border where all the men have 14 wives and everybody just pops out a bunch of babies. Like I've got an ex-husband and a child and there's, there's definitely a restraining order in there somewhere. Like we really need to connect and feel, feel the connection with these reality TV stars because Nothing makes me feel better than sitting down at the end of the night and feeling a lot better about myself as I watch these 20-something-year-olds get shit-faced. Hello, single folks of Fargo. We here at the Fargo City Council heard you when you said things like, there's no people here, and I can't find a date in Fargo to save my life. We also listened when you said you'll take yourself over to Chicago in hopes of meeting someone to settle down with. So we're putting on a singles night down at the Freeman's Farm. You'll love the well-lit barn and cozy couches made of hay. Kathy down at the diner will bring you a tater tot hot dish, cheese buttons, and some stew. And Steve from the brewery will have you covered for beer. We want you to meet someone, but we want to remind you that you're still in Fargo. Come on down today and meet all the singles who are still single for a reason. There really should be some kind of standardized set of principles for parents to follow specifically related to when to stop doing things, certain things with your kids. And one of those would be when to stop being up their ass all the time because we're completely on our own out here. It's like you just figure it out on your own. Whatever you think is good, try that. And unfortunately, with that comes the bad part. So I read this news article the other day and it was about a 10-year-old boy and he was walking home from basketball practice and basketball practice was apparently two doors down from his house and on the way home some men in a car stopped him and tried to lure him into the car and he ran home and the door was locked and but he ended up getting in nothing happened I really want to stress that nothing happened to this kid um 
But of course, the first thing that I did was go right to the comment section because I cannot resist some all caps grammatically incorrect parent shaming because that just fuels my livelihood. That's everything that I love in life is to watch people completely lose their shit Sometimes over things that are absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, there are situations where you should parent shame. But this wasn't one of those situations. But, of course, you know, the mom, there's a mom on there in the comment section. She jumps in with, why can't the mom just walk him home to practice and stay and watch him while he practices and then walk back home with him? That's, you know, kind of your job as a parent. I mean, is it? Is that what, like... Is that what we have to do? Is that your job as a parent? If your kid's walking two doors down and he's in fifth or sixth grade, do you need to be with him? And if so, what's the appropriate age that you're supposed to just not do that anymore? But I mean, is it like, is it 12? Is it 13? Is it 15 when they're, you know, they walk two doors down and they do hood rat things with their friends and they're of their dry hump and their girlfriend or boyfriend. Are you supposed to be waiting outside the door while they're dry humping and vaping? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I, I really need to know we need some kind of formal system so that we know whether or not we're supposed to stand outside the door and listen to our kids dry humping or not, or if we should stop sooner than that. I mean, I'm not sure. So Do you experience feelings of anger, tyranny, or rebellion when you see those pesky navigational divides called parking spots? And are you sick of society telling you where to park your lifted truck when you know that you know what's best for you and your primary mode of transportation? You should try parking wherever the hell you want. Parking wherever the hell you want allows you to inform those around you that ain't nobody got time to put their vehicle in a single, organized, and defined parking spot. When you park wherever the hell you want, you're giving yourself the freedom to do what dogs do when they pee on stuff. You're sending the message that you own the damn place and that you probably have a small penis. Be the change you want to see today. Park wherever the hell you want. You know, society has a lot of problems and every society has very unique problems. But there is one big problem that I think all societies across the world have and we really, really need to address it. And that is a lack of innovation, creativity, and tailoring the market to consumers' needs. And that industry happens to be the vagina industry. And it's not just one aspect of the vagina industry. It is the whole vagina industry. If it has to do with the vagina, the innovation comes from, you know, 17, 1800s men who were confused about the vagina and they were like, hmm, let's try this. So one of those products would be sanitary pads. This one has always driven me crazy because, you know, it's something that's uh, very necessary for a lot of people. Some people use other methods, but a lot of people use pads. And they're made out of what I could only describe as soft Velcro. And we're, we're made to strap that thing into our underwear and then rub soft Velcro on our entire vagina for, you know, three to seven days every single month. And it's not that there aren't things out there available that would maybe be better for our vaginas. It's that nobody cares because we have diapers. And I tested this theory. I took a diaper and a sanitary pad, both go in the underwear region and both catch things coming out of the body that they're attached to. And one 
is a hell of a lot softer. One, you could sit in that thing for hours on end and just feel like you're sitting on a rainbow. And the other one feels like soft Velcro. And it's not that we don't have it because obviously we do. We care about what our baby's private parts feel like when they piss and shit themselves. But we give we just don't care when it comes to women's vaginas every month. And it extends outside of just sanitary pads. Obviously, the tampon was just an odd invention. Here, let's shove some cotton up in there. That obviously was a bad idea. Now we've got things that are coming along. A little innovation there. We've got the, the menstrual cups that go up in there. But those things are so confusing. And you can just take one, fold it, shove it in there, and then give it a twist to try to get the thing to open. And then you just, you're just sit, sitting there with your hand in your badge, rotating a cup, can't get the damn thing to open. And so then you just, I had to abandon it. And obviously the sex toy industry, which is still catered to the male market, even though these are things that women are supposed to be using. No woman is going to be like, you know what I need? You know what I need? Something long like a penis, but like a huge one, a massive one, one that would be super, super duper painful. And then uh, don't give it any, any skin or anything. We just need like a metal, something that's metal, like a speculum. Yes. Like a speculum, but like a long cylinder. And that's what they're giving us for sex toys. And let's not forget the speculum because that's obviously not something that's tailored to the need of the person being subjected to the speculum. I think the best way to improve the speculum industry would be to maybe have men have rectal exams yearly. Every 12 months, men need to go in and sit down with a doctor, and the doctor has to shove a nice, cold, metal speculum right on up the butthole, and then open that bad boy up with a, it's got a little crank on it too. You just crank it open so the butthole is just, you know, open for the doctor to view. And Let's let men do that for a whole year, and I guarantee it will transform the entire speculum industry for everyone and for the better. Do traditional employment opportunities make you want to vomit? And are you looking for something that requires $500 to start up and a very slim chance of ever earning that back? You should try Pyramid Schemes. They go by lots of new names, but they all start out with a private message asking if you want to set your own schedule, make endless piles of non-existent money, and annoy the ever-living shit out of everyone you've ever known. Pyramid schemes are simple. You pay an excruciatingly high fee to harass everyone you come in contact with, and then you gross $12 at the end of the year. The way the pyramid works is that a handful of people make a ridiculous amount of money from your joining fee. And then they take a percentage of the $11.99 you've earned because you're in their downline. Whatever that means. Stop working for minimum wage today and get on over to a pyramid scheme. You're going to regret it. So there's a huge debate in the United States about whether or not marijuana should be available for recreational use and legal. And I, like everyone else, have my own opinions, and my opinions are based off of two things. Uh, And the first point that I would like to make is that marijuana makes you turn into Mr. Rogers. And what I mean by that is that everyone has this filter of bullshit and baggage. And other people's words 
when they go out of that person's mouth, they come into your ears and they go through this big filter of bullshit and baggage. And it's past interactions, past interactions with people who are not even in any way relevant to the person that you're interacting with at the moment. TV shows you've watched, everything about your life, you have a filter and you apply it to other people's words. And when you are under the influence of marijuana or from what I remember from that one time I did it in high school 20 years ago where I didn't inhale and also I don't tell lies. Um, What I remember is that it removes that whole layer of, of bullshit and baggage where you just hear people's words and you hear them the way that they intend them to, to be heard. And so, you know, how many times have you had an interaction with someone and then you've had to do a follow-up of that's not what I meant and I I didn't mean it to come out that way and that's because other people are filtering your words through their bullshit and marijuana removes that filter where you're not being dramatic about other people's words you're just like oh that's cool do you want to be my neighbor so that's what I mean by being like Mr. Rogers and also The only other thing that's legal for people to do is alcohol. Like people go out and drink alcohol, but there are three types of people who drink alcohol. You've got the people who become a better version of themselves and they're awesome and they're fun and they're nice and social. And then you have the people who become a super shitty version of themselves where they're mean and they're emotional and they cry and they pee on sidewalks. And then there are the people that are in between that. But those people, we really need to think about those people. Like they're, they're just doing it because it's the only thing they can do. They need more options. We need to be there for those people who are shitty, shitty drunks and become horrible people when they drink alcohol. We've got to step it up for them. Are you searching for a way to let everyone know that your life is falling apart without providing any details at all? You should post an ambiguous post on Facebook. You could say things like, my whole life is crumbling down or this is the worst day of my life. And then follow it up with comments such as, I don't want to talk about it or please don't ask for details. Post in an ambiguous post on Facebook. Let your close friends, family, co-workers, and people you haven't seen or spoken to in 20 years know that you're craving thoughts and prayers, attention, and you have no intention to fix the problem or talk about it. Keep those followers in the dark and post an ambiguous Facebook post today. I, like everyone else on this planet, love conspiracy theories. I always want to know how they started, who started them, what fueled these conspiracy theories. And I've also always wanted to start my own. And so I sat down and thought about it. And I tried to break down what makes a good conspiracy theory. And you just have to have things that seemingly are related to one another. And somehow they line up like they just, you know, something is the same about them and nobody can explain them. And I finally came up with the perfect conspiracy theory. And mine is that everything cost about $200. Like you want to go to Tampa, you want a couple of new tires. It's going to cost about $200 mammogram, internet, cell phone, car insurance. You want to take your whole family to medieval times. All of those things are going to cost about $200. And all you need for a good conspiracy theory is to have something that looks like it's related and the numbers match up, but nobody can prove that you're wrong. And then you just go online, make a YouTube video, and then tell everybody that the world is out to get them. So this is the new conspiracy theory, and I need for everyone to spread it. Everything costs about $200, and that's how they get you. 
Thank you for joining me for episode three of Happy Hour with the Burned Out Mom. If you enjoyed this episode and the content, please subscribe. And if you liked the commercials that were in between the jokes, they have their own podcast and it is called Unnecessary Commercials and it is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you again for joining me and I hope you will join me again in two weeks for episode four. The music for today's episode was Slow Burn and Carefree by Kevin McLeod.